our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you. Almost, almost fell over it. I didn't know it was there. <laughs> well, I hope I didn't forget how to do this. Gosh. <laughs> done this for six weeks. So, how do, you, how do you respond to the question, do you love me? That's what Jesus asked the disciples at one point, do you love me? So, when Ginger and I first got married, I couldn't figure out why a pretty girl like her would marry me. So I was very insecure in, in her love for me, and I was always asking, is everything okay? What's the matter? Is everything okay? And it was because I didn't know whether she loved me or not. So how do you know if someone loves you? How do you know if that's true or not? In fact, what does love even mean? I love snow. I love the sunshine. I love to play golf. I love you. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my dog. Gosh, there's so many ways that we talk about love, it would be nice if we were like the Eskimos. I think they have several several different words for snow, and each of those words describes a different type of snow. It would be nice if we had some different words for love, wouldn't it? Uh, the other day we were sitting at the dinner table, and uh, my daughter and granddaughter each have a dog, and we have a dog. And they, they live downstairs. We have a full apartment downstairs that's separate from our living quarters. Once in a while, they'll come up and eat with us. We were all at the table, and we were sitting around the table, and, and their two dogs were over here, and it was kind of crowded over there. And do you know how dogs are about food? Well, all of a sudden, man, there was a dog fight going on, and snarling and growling and fighting. And then we looked up, and... And the one, my granddaughter's little dog started screaming. I'd never heard a dog scream like that. I looked up and there was blood every place. We thought it was a jugular vein because it was squirting out. And there was blood all over there. And there was blood all the way out the door because my granddaughter picked up her dog. And uh, I didn't think they'd make it to the vet. But... Then and, and for a day or two after that, there was no question but what my granddaughter loved her dog. So what do we mean by that? Well, love can mean affection. Love can be demonstrated in actions, allegiance, even obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what I command you. So if we say that we love Jesus, but we don't obey him, then he would have questions to say, well, how, do, how do I know you love me? So I want you to think about love today. And the, the, over the next six weeks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about six subjects uh, 
that I want to leave with you. These will not be new subjects. They'll be themes that have probably been threaded through my preaching for the last three and a half years. And uh, today I want to talk to you about love. What does it mean to love? And my favorite passage on that is in John chapter 21. This is not unfamiliar to most of you. Where the death of Jesus has occurred, the resurrection of Jesus has occurred, weeks have passed, and now he's standing on the beach in northern, the north side of the Sea of Galilee, and just to give you a, a kind of a picture, as, as you're facing south on the Sea of Galilee, if you look up to your left, there's a hillside where the Sermon on the Mount was preached. And just below that is a place where thousands of people gathered as Jesus was feeding the 5,000. And now this event occurs down by the seashore. It's a very, uh, very lovely setting. It's very beautiful. So imagine Jesus on the shore. It's very, very early in the morning. You can't see clearly yet. I got up a few days ago and, this, and the, the dawn was just beginning to break. It was still... It was not dark, but it wasn't light yet either. So the sun isn't up yet, but it's starting to shed some light. And he sees the disciples out on the sea fishing. And the way they fished is they threw nets out, and they would normally fish at night and bring the nets in and catch the fish. So Jesus asked them, have you caught any fish? They haven't, so he says, throw the, throw the net on the other side of the boat. Well, that's a familiar phrase to them because there was an incident in Luke chapter 5 where he asked that same question to them. And uh, when they threw the net on the other side of the boat, there was a, in Luke 5 it says there were so many fish they couldn't bring the nets in. In this case, it's, it, it even tells us how many fish they caught. A bunch. Well, John recognized that question. Have you caught any fish? And then the statement, throw it on the other side. So, so he said, it's the Lord. Peter takes out his outer garments, jumps in the water, heads towards shore. Jesus is standing there. He has a fire lit. And they have breakfast together with the fish that they've caught. And then Jesus singles out Peter. You remember the incident, don't you? He singles out Peter and he says, Do you love me? In fact, he said, Do you love me more than these? Now, this is speculation on my part, but you've heard me talk about this before. Does he mean, Peter, do you love me more than you love that boat and these nets? because it seems like you keep going back fishing even after I've asked you to do something. Do you love me more than these? That is, do you love me more than you love the disciples? Because here you are with them fishing when I've asked you to do something. Or the third option, and I believe this is it's total speculation on my part, but I believe it's the right option. Do you love me more than these disciples love me? Because you said you did. When we were in the upper room, you said, 
They might all bail out on you, but I'll never, I'll never, I'll never bail out. I'm with you. And then a few hours later, he denied that he even knew Jesus. I believe that's the, the right option. So the point is that Jesus is just about to go to heaven. And he wants to make sure that he can count on the disciples. Can I count on you? At one point in this conversation, even John, uh, Peter asked about, Joe, what about John? Jesus said, don't worry about John, I'm just talking to you. Can I count on you? So what does it mean to love Jesus? Do you love me? I want to talk about it in two, two respects. The first, first aspect is, are you focused on Jesus? Now don't take this too lightly. What does it mean to be a Christian? That's really the essence of what I'm going to talk about today. Is what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, first of all, it has to do with focus, that you're focused on Jesus. I don't mean focus in the sense like you look through a camera or binoculars and you adjust the focus to get clarity. I don't think any of us have total clarity at this point about Jesus. But it's the kind of focus where you're fixed on something. In this case, do you love me? Are you fixed or are you focused on Jesus? Now, it takes great discipline to be focused on something in that respect. For example, if you've ever played in any sport, it requires focus. For example, if you're going to... I was an end playing football. If you're going to catch the football, you have to focus on the ball. Keep your eyes on the ball. If you're playing baseball, if you're going to catch a fly, or if you're going to hit a baseball, you have to keep your eyes on the ball. If you're going to shoot a pistol, I love to shoot, shoot pistols, and I've been to, through several classes on shooting a pistol. I went through one at one point where was taught by a Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL. And the, and the thing that he'd, he said that I'd never heard anybody else say before that helped me a great deal was, he said, when you look through the sight, focus on the sight that's the farthest away from you, on the end of the barrel. Keep your eyes focused on that sight. And boy, when you do that, it makes all the difference in the world. Make sure that sight is in the right place, pointed in the right direction. Focus. What about focus in terms of love? Well, focus in terms of marriage. Now, Grove, I, I remember very well when this happened, when you finally woke up and saw Bev, and we'd known it for a long time, but he finally woke up and he made a decision to focus on Bev. And when you were married, you, you made a decision, she's the one. Now, how do you suppose it would work if, if you said, yeah, I, I, love, I love Bev, but you were focused on her? Or focused on, on her? Focused on her? You think Bev would think you loved her? 
not, not in the sense that we're talking about. So focus has to do with you focus on one thing to the exclusion of everything else. Focus. Uh, you choose one. And if you focus on others rather than that one, they would have every right to question your allegiance and your affection. So with Mary and Martha, that's also a familiar story. It's the reason I'm concluding this, this series of messages with you. Mary and Martha, Jesus went to the house of Mary and of, of Lazarus. Mary, Mary and Martha were brothers and sisters. And Martha, as you remember, was in the one part of the house uh, making preparations for a meal. So she's busy doing things for Jesus. Mary, on the other hand, is sitting at the feet of Jesus. This is one of the greatest things about women in the Bible is, is that Mary is being discipled by Jesus. Well, women weren't discipled in that day. It was an all-man all deal. But Jesus is discipling Mary. And you, you may remember that Martha complained, well, get her to help me, Jaminy. She's hanging out and I'm doing all the work here. And Jesus said, Mary has chosen the good part. Here's how the passage reads. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. The implication of that is that Martha, it's like you take a, a glass with dirt sediments in it and you take that glass and you shake it all up and it gets cloudy. He's saying to Martha, your life is cloudy. You're not seeing very well because you're not focused on me. But Mary has chosen the good part. So notice on the outline, Mary's attention is on Jesus. Martha's attention is on doing things for Jesus. So let me ask you a question. Is it possible that your life could be focused on doing things for Jesus at the expense of your attention being on Jesus? Gosh, it's very possible. We see it all the time. So your attention, your affection, your loyalty upon one person to the exclusion of all else, Jesus. Another familiar passage is where Jesus said, you cannot have two masters. And I, I never thought about this for years, but I, in recent years I've talked about it several times. If Grove is my master, let's say he's my master, it's impossible for you to be my master. If he's my master, then nobody else can be my master because he's my master. So Jesus says you can't have two masters. He wants one. He wants that one to be him. So what are things that Christians are tempted to focus on? Well, we can focus on church. Is this Christianity? Is it possible that you would do this and not be a Christian? Absolutely. 
Now, church is a good thing. Jesus said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But it's, it's only a tool to help us focus on Jesus. Uh, the Word. I've heard this said several times, but it was said to me in a unique way a few years ago when this person was talking about her brother, and she said, he knows the Word. Is that a good thing? Yeah, it's a good thing to know the Bible. Read the Bible, study the Bible, memorize the Bible, meditate on the Bible. That's a good thing. Is it possible to focus on the Bible and not be a Christian? Nikita Khrushchev had memorized the Gospel of Matthew. Wasn't a Christian. Fellowship. I know lots of people who would be tempted to focus on fellowship at the exclusion of a relationship with Jesus. They love being together. We're brothers. We relate to each other. We're sisters. We relate to each other. We talk. We ask each other questions. Is that a good thing? Yes. But can you do that and not be a follower of Christ? Yes, you can. Uh, lifestyle. Uh, it's not, I don't think it's very common today. It might be common in some groups, I don't know, but it used to be very common that you would focus on lifestyle issues, mostly on what you don't do. You don't dress in a particular style or have a particular hairstyle. I've done a, quite a bit of research on the Amish and Mennonites. Amish people are very interesting. I, I didn't know this. The reason I started studying it was because I, I wonder, are they, are they followers of Jesus? And I'm sure, I'm sure some are. But where is their focus primarily? Lifestyle. Uh, you can't have a car, you drive a horse and buggy. Well, if you think about that, why, why would you focus on a horse and buggy? That reflects a particular time in history. Why not focus on walking? Or we don't have electricity. We have lanterns. Well, that's interesting. Why not focus on candles? Or just a fire? They uh, focus on a particular style of dress that reflects a period in time where people dress that way. And it's interesting that if you, if you leave the Amish community then, and start to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they have a fit. Because you're not doing this, you're not doing this, you're not doing this. Or is their focus to be, is to be on Jesus? Make him your focal point. Now, please, please, please don't miss this. Make him your focal point and keep him your focal point. If there's anything that you'd remember about me teaching you these three and a half years, it'd be focus on Jesus and keep your focus on Jesus. That's the essence of Christianity. I've read this passage before. Paul said, I hope that you will put up with a little of my foolishness you're already doing that. I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. 
I promised you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. In other words, exclusively to Jesus. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, in other words, you're prone to be led astray like Eve was. Your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Jesus or the simplicity and purity of devotion to Jesus. Jesus. You know the God that you're going to see in heaven? Jesus is on that throne. He's the one you'll see. He's the physical manifestation of God. The second aspect, the first aspect has to do with focus. The second aspect, uh, or priority, the second aspect has to do with passion. Does Jesus have all of you? So, uh, passion is an interesting thing to think about. It has to do with intensity, level of commitment. Uh, for example, the last year that I played football, I went out for one week and I quit. Just wasn't passionate about it. If I was passionate about it, I'd have kept playing. We had one, one player, he was a fullback, he was a friend of mine. And one game, we played and we lost. And a bunch of us were in the locker room laughing and joking and having fun after the game. And he exploded. Hello, thank you. He exploded. Took his helmet, threw it on the floor. He was furious. Why? Because we weren't passionate enough. He was passionate about the game. Uh, and you go to the carnival. I don't, I, I don't know if they still do this or not, but they used to. They used to have these pads where you had a hammer, and you'd hit the pad and see how high the thing would go. And it would, if you hit it hard enough, then it would gong. Passion, intensity. A level of commitment that is real. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, that is the disciples noticing, that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus said the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. You know what all means there? All. <laughs> Everything, complete. Completely. That, of course, is the great commandment. So in marriage, Grove, I'll pick on you today. So if you, if you, if Bev senses that you are half-hearted in your love for her, 
even if you're focused on her. She's, she's not focused on anybody else. She's just focused on you. But it's just kind of, well, you're not taking it seriously. She doesn't have all of your commitment, all of your passion. And she's going to wonder if you love her. So it has to do with focus. And it also has to do with intensity. Level of commitment. I, I never forget, Paul Risser used to be the president of our denomination. He was a, he was a character. He, he told more stories than you can imagine. And he preached at Faith Chapel one time when I was there. And he said, uh, he says, at every funeral, I look down at the casket and I ask the, I ask the people that are gathered there, how much of his potential did he live? How much of her potential did she live? And then he would ask us, how much of your potential are you living? 50%? 75%? Or 100%? If I ask how many people are living 100% of their potential, Gosh, I don't think many of us raised our hands. Jesus is asking for all of us. Total, absolute commitment. Don't be focused on other things. At the expense of loving me and give yourself totally to me. There was a little a German girl. Was it, what was her name? Melina? Melina lived with... with uh, Jared for a while. She was an exchange student from Germany. Sweet girl. And thankfully, and this was our prayer while she was here, uh, uh, Willems brought Melina to church every week and she'd listen to the message and pretty soon uh, at the end of the service when I gave an invitation, she raised her hand that she wanted to commit her life to Jesus. And then a few months later, she was visiting in California and they offered baptism at the church that they visited, and she was baptized. And when she was baptized, she, she said, I'm all in. That's what I'm talking about. I'm all in. I'm not a half-hearted Christian. I'm not giving two-thirds of my life to Jesus. I'm in. This is all of me. Jesus is to be the focus of our love, and our love is to be fervent. And then notice this next phrase. This is the sermon in a sentence. To love Jesus with all requires singular devotion and total commitment. Singular devotion. I'm singularly focused on him. Nothing else has my allegiance and my total commitment. So the question today is how much of you does Jesus have in terms of the way you live your life every day not just in terms of what we're sitting in church and we say well, yeah I love I, of course I love Jesus but does he have all of you does he have all of you a number of years ago doesn't show now but a number of years ago I jogged every morning for three miles I did that for probably 15 years. And get up in the morning, 
didn't matter what the weather was like. I folk, of course, it's nice on nice days. But I would jog down to zero. I used to go below zero, but I'd, I'd, my commitment wasn't that high. <laughs> but I would jog down to zero. So I'd, every morning I didn't get up and debate, well, sh should I go jogging today? Well, you get up and you go jogging today. I was totally committed to that. Good times, bad times, convenient times, easy times, hard times, didn't matter. So is there a consistency about your life? Be honest with yourself now. Is there a consistency about your life where Jesus has your allegiance? Focused on, he's my master, I'm focused on him, not, a, not anything else. Nothing else dominates the rules of my life. Focused on him. And secondly, are you passionate about that? And I don't mean just passionate in terms of you feel some high. I'm talking about passion in, ter in terms of I'm all in. There's no question. He's got all of me. So Lord, today I think all of us would probably acknowledge that it's difficult at times to keep focus. So many things demand our attention. So many things demand our time. So many things demand our allegiance. But today we want to just be honest and ask ourselves, Lord, are we focused on you? And Jesus, I want to be focused on you. Not just focused, but totally committed to you. And I believe that people here this morning would acknowledge that and agree with that.